Hello and welcome to No Rest of the Weekend, where we go behind the scenes and talk to the creators of independent entertainment. I'm Jason Godby, and with me in the Rabbit Hole studio today, very special guest. If you've been following the show since the beginning, you will recognize her from the early episodes when she hosted the show and did our intros and outros, so I wouldn't have to feel like a schmuck talking to a camera. Uh, but she's also a wonderful person and a talented actor and a, and a great partner to work with, my dear friend, Victoria Oliver. Welcome, Victoria. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Hey, welcome <laughs> back to the rabbit hole, man. I know. Excited to be back. It's been you, a while. You were here since the beginning. You know, so you automatically yeah. get street cred just for, you know. Ooh, I appreciate that. You know, just for being here. So um, I want to talk about different stuff. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about acting um, and uh, particularly auditioning. Uh, you've been book- you booked some great stuff recently we're going to talk about. Uh, I have been doing a little casting myself for a small project I'm not going to talk about, but uh, I was horrified by some of the audition reels and things that I would get. And I want to talk yeah. a little bit about that. <laughs> so, uh, and like maybe a little bit about self tape auditions and a little bit about reels and so forth, uh, and how uh, our fellow, our, our actor listeners and, and watchers can kind of improve because, oh my God, are there so many bad it's ones? It's really bad. Uh, but anyway, it can be really bad. It can be really, it can be, can be really bit, good too, but it can be kind of horrifying. Can be really bad. <laughs> uh, but uh, without further ado, let's talk to you first about you. So as I ask all my guests, uh, how did you get into acting? Well, like, what is your origin story, so to speak? I think my origin story started like most young actors where I grew up doing theater. Um, but I worked with a, a director, George Merritt. Um, he's since passed away, but he was a really amazing Broadway actor. And he came and directed a show I was in when I was like, 17 my junior senior year of high school something like that the formative years yes yes the formative years but his wife is a um, manager in New York Um, and so she came and saw the show and kind of spoke with me afterwards and was like I would love to work with you I want to sign you so finish high school and then get to the city and we'll work together so I finished school. I went to an arts boarding school. I, I got my education and then came up to the city for my undergrad and signed with her. And so that's kind of how I started my journey in New York. I was very, I was like 18 years old wow. and came up here um, and started working with her. So I kind of cheated my way in. A lot of actors, I mean, it's really hard to find representation, but I got just very lucky that she just stumbled upon me. I worked with her husband and her husband late husband enjoyed working with me I suppose and when you went to school um, you came you kind of chose New York you went to a college here I went to a college here because of that like I apply okay so I panicked in high school um, I was at this arts boarding school and so we were all like living there applying to colleges together auditioning for all of these prog- theater programs I applied to like 22 undergrad programs because I panicked. But it ended up being fine. You applied to every college. I applied to every college in New York City and also some in California, um, Boston, New Jersey. I don't know, all over the place. But knowing that I was going to be in New York, like that was, I just applied to everything else just just in case the world shattered and I didn't get in anywhere. Um, but yeah, so I I came to the city because of the manager that I was going to sign with, really. And you uh, you started booking stuff here, like you worked when you were you were really young. When you started out, like you started getting work at a pretty young age. Yeah. Well, I booked my, 
first. I mean, it's like off and on. It's one of those you like book a bunch of things back to back and you don't book anything for like a year. Um, but yeah, I booked my first professional job um, my freshman year of college. I came up here and within like six months I had booked a guest star role in a Nickelodeon show. Um, and I had a really good time. It was like great to get that on my resume, like off the bat to have a guest star role. Um, because I had done nothing except for like short student films and like little indie things. Um, so it was great. I so appreciate working with that manager. She and was how was that, that like work at that young age working? I think it's one thing to say, all right, I'm a working actor. But when you're, you know, when you're really young and you start working in a professional environment as opposed to, you know, being in a student film or being in a, you know, school play or something like that. Yeah. It's it's different. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I they would like say just like the being on set is a whole world. There's a language used that I just didn't know. Um, and I was kind of thrown into the furnace. Luckily, the director I worked with on that episode was super kind and understood. And well, with was, Nickelodeon, you probably worked with kids all it, the time. Right, it was Nickelodeon. Yeah. Like, the stars of the show, I mean, God, you know how it is. They were, like, 30 playing 16-year-olds. Right. But still, they were young. They were young actors. Um, but he was really nice. It was fun. I played an alien. Like, it was a good time. He was, like, very understanding of the fact that this was, like, my first professional job and helped me through everything and I had a great time it was really fun I had mono when I shot it I was so sick so sick it was but it was fun obviously you've been working on and off since then and um you know but you kind of you had this like pedigree of sort of growing up in the business and, and growing up on television uh with um and you know recently and I think that's a big thing that happens too because I've met some child actors like we had a a, a guy called Jesse Tendler who was on the show and sweet guy, great guy, but he does everything now. He directs, he does scripture supervision, he does all this producing, but he started out as a kid actor on TV shows. And then when he grew up, he kind of found that, uh, you know, it's a whole different ball game. You know, being a kid on television is far different than, you know, when you're growing It's a whole different level of competition. Mm -hmm. There's a, you know, and, and, you know, when you're a kid, it's like, People will choose you because you're the bright, astute, you know, kid who gets it and stuff yeah. like that, uh, even when you're like a young teen. But then when you start growing older and you walk into casting offices and everybody's 22 and beautiful, and it's like, you know, that the competition factor, you know, especially for someone who's your type, uh, you know, it gets really fierce really quick. Oh, it's so fierce. You walk in the room and you're like, oh, everyone here looks like me, except they're all prettier and thinner and probably more talented. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I think everybody feels like when I... Yeah, but maybe everyone feels that way. I think everybody feels... Well, and I think that's one of the things that people, you know, when, when you get into this business is just kind of knowing who you are, what you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. and, you know, don't go out on everything, going, you know, going out on the right things. Yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah. I think I wasted a lot of time, honestly, doing things that were absolutely not worth it. Now, you did, you've done more television pretty recently. Last fall, you were on uh, uh, SVU, yeah. Law & Order SVU. Uh, which is, uh, I don't even know how to describe that show anymore. It's been on for eons, I think, at this point. It's, I've been a fan of Law & Order SVU for years and years. The crazy stuff <laughs> that has done on that show, I just, like, at one point, I saw an episode, and I was thinking about the writers, and I was like, all right, are they just trying to put one over on the actors? <laughs> like, 
how are they getting to say this stuff? Like yeah. the, the line, my favorite line ever. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before. My favorite quote from SVU. It's uh, Mariska Hargitay is um, she? They've just discovered a dead body, and the guy's like chained to a wall or something. It's this very S and M kind of scene, and and of course his wife discovers him, you know, and 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 Hargitay says, "I swear to God, with a straight face to this woman." So. Why do you think the killer? Uh, why do you think the killer sodomized your husband with a banana? <laughs> oh my god! And then the woman, also with a straight face, says, "Well, he was allergic to bananas." <laughs> I was like, "These are the greatest actors uh, in the world." I know Mariska Hargitay is amazing. Like, how did she say that with a straight face? How do you not look at the sides of the? You know, what? Are you kidding? <laughs> oh my god! I don't think I've seen that episode. I've seen a lot. I, I don't think I've seen that one. I will. It's burned into my brain. I oh, will that's never, so funny. I will never forget it. Well, that's um, what I feel like. That when you're a really sick actor, if you can make dialogue like that work, and the way she makes it work is 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 incredible, um, because and she's been playing that part for you know like 15, twenty years, yeah, twenty one years, twenty one years, twenty first season. Wow. So uh, I was on the first episode of season twenty one. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah, um, it actually was really cool. So, they had like a they had like a viewing party for everyone. I didn't end up being able to go, but so you yeah. so you you were on that show now, and you were like a, a couple of you were on there for a couple of days, right? Yeah, um, yeah, and it was the second time I had been on it. They I was cast in er, uh, mid season twenty um, as a bit part, and then they, I think I was you were in a dead body. In- I wasn't a dead body, but I became a dead body. Oh, I was stabbed in the shower. By a clown. I'm sorry. I just got out of the shower, and then I was stabbed by a clown. Only an actress with a straight face can say, I was stabbed in the shower by a clown. As I'm pulling a condom out of the uh, medicine cabinet, there's a clown behind me, and he comes in. Stabs me. It was a great time. I love Law & Order. Yeah, so talk to me a little bit about this experience um, where you got to, you were a, a victim Yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, So this was this episode actually was, I think, hit hits close to home for a lot of actors it was did you, you play know, you play they, an actor in i it. play an actor yeah i play an actor in the show but you know it's like based on these allegations of um it's kind of like horrible, producers yeah horrible her, some kind of horrible sexual assaulting yes yeah, so, but thing. within like the entertainment industry um i mean that never happens right never uh i've gotten lucky honestly uh but that's anyway, a whole different that's a show. Whole other show. Whole other show. For a lot of actors out there, this is the type of work you're going to get. You may not get a recurring role or a starring role, but you. And we've talked about it on the show before with other actors. But I think being a day player is really hard. Like just to kind of come in and there's a whole machine yeah, that's absolutely. already you know in process, and mm-hmm. you just kind of have to like, you know, uh, kind of get in there, not yeah. piss anybody off. And but that's like what do, you have to start with. You job. have to get some co-stars. You have to get some guest stars on your resume before your people are going to see you for a series regular role. So what was the experience like? Like uh, just kind of like walk me so you're on there for what a couple of days? Yeah, so I was like held for a week, um ended up shooting for like 3 days. It was two two scenes um 3 days approximately. Actually they actually cut half my scene. Um which sucked. <laughs> <laughs> that happens too. Yeah, I think it was we shot it outside and I think there was construction in the neighborhood and I'm guessing either I was terrible or 
the sound. Oh, they cut it so after good. you shot it. We shot the scene. Ah, yeah, but then in in post, it got it was on the cutting room floor. It, um, I mean, chances are there's probably just cut for the sound. It, well, it could just be for time. Or who knows, like yeah. a lot of stuff gets cut, cut for time because everything is everything is overwritten at first. I, I think, especially for TV. Now, the cool thing is that when you when you watch a scene, you're in a sh- scene with Ian McShane. Yeah. Where you hear the great Ian McShane's voice while you're on camera sort of auditioning for him, right? Yes. So I was supposed to shoot that scene with Ian McShane. The idea was that, and that's why I ended up being held for so long. Like, it was a week of me being held and held and held and not being on set and them not needing me because um, Ian McShane had all of these custom-made suits coming from Italy, and they didn't come in in time so they didn't have him come to so set you yet. were being held for his suits i was being held for his suits um his suits are more important than i was and that's what you get when you're a young actor trying to make a living absolutely um so they kept holding me and holding me waiting for his suits to come in because they didn't want to have they're not going to pay him to come be held right. you know what i mean they'd much rather pay me because i'm a lot cheaper than he is right um but then i got to the point where like my week was up and they'd have to pay me for like another week if they held me any longer. So they ended up shoot. I shot it with the director and they just put Ian's voice. So they just used, cause it was an audition tape. Right. So they just used like my side of the, of the camera, like as if it was the filming it, which, um, you know, in a way is kind of good for you. Cause you get more screen time. Yeah. I mean, I love shooting the director. Honestly, he was so sweet and like took his time to help me, um, like work through the scene, but obviously it would have been, would have been nice to, to work with Ian Machine. Yeah. Now, and then you have another scene with Ice T. Yeah. So he's he's been a serious regular for forever. Yeah. Now, which is it, it's so weird to me sometimes to see him on that show, um, because you know he was I think um, one of the original members of like NWA, and they had a song called "F the Police." Oh yes, know? yes. So like you know to see this guy who you know like. Grew up in uh, like South Central or Compton, and mm-hmm. you know uh, he's now, playing a now he's one. playing. It, yeah. it's, just, it's a very come full circle. Yeah, and you know he was so sweet. Um, he was so so sweet because I mean they they get this all the time. I, I, I've had lots of friends play on different versions of Law and Order, and you know and like thank God for Dick Wolf. He kept New York working for like a decade. Oh yeah, you for know, sure. For like twenty years, he kept New York actors in business. Thousands and thousands of actors. It's like you have to. That's you're like. What is the word I'm trying to use? You, you, that's like your the bread and butter. The, kind of? Yeah, like you have to. You're not a real New York actor until you've like done, done something on Law and Order. Yeah, and it's harder now because there's only SVU. But back when there were like three of them, you yeah, had, that was like what. And made they were all you pretty quality actor. too. Like they were. All, They're actually like really you know, good shows, right? It was great that you did that, and I, and I want to you know call people's attention. Like this is, and I want to kind of talk about how you got you know, spots like that and how you've been working because, uh, like I said, I've been doing a little casting recently and I've seen a lot of really bad self-tapes and some bad uh, uh, reels. Mm -hmm. And I I think, you know, and I'm very sympathetic, you know, and I realize it's hard. It's really difficult to get a good reel. Um, I I saw your reel recently and I was talking about it. I, I said, I think your reel is really good. And you had some stuff from some movie stuff that you've done. You've had some stuff from, like, Law & Order. But, like, how long did it take you to kind of imagine? And your reels are, what, two minutes or something like that? Oh, yeah. It's, like, a little over two minutes. So, like, in that, and in that little over two minutes, how, how many gigs, how many years, how, how much effort did it take to get? I'm going to age myself. No, don't <laughs> age, I mean, like, but, like, it. No, but, yeah, I know. I mean, years. So many 
projects that you hope you're going to get footage for and then it comes back and it's just like I wasted so much time filming that and I can't use a second of it for any number of reasons but like I have maybe Was it more you being disappointed in what you did or was it more just kind of like the quality of of the work Some of both Okay Some of both to be honest um so I mean the greatest actor in the world is going to have a hard time making some of these like student film scripts work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I said before, like you can't out act a bad script. Right. Like, and I'm sure Meryl Streep could like act herself out of a trash bag, but you know what I mean? Like even so, I mean, generally you you could get great people, but if the, if it's, if it's bad, if it's bad, it's bad. And, and And unfortunately a lot of that stuff that you're doing when you're first coming to the city and you're just like, I just need, I need stuff for my reel. I'm going to do like these free jobs and go to NYU and go to Columbia and like New York Film Academy and all these like schools that are constantly hiring young actors for free because they're not making anything off of this. It's like student projects. But I think, oh, I'll do it for my reel. I'll get, I need this type of character I'm lacking and then you do it and you waste some more time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really hard to do something you know, and, and well, it's hard to know if it's going to be quality first. You know, like, you right, have to, it's very hard to you, know. You got to get like a really good, like, script reader palette going. Uh, and, and really great actors know how to choose projects for themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's half of the battle. Yeah. Is just being able to choose something where you say, um, this is this is right for me, yeah. or it's going to stretch me in a way that I haven't done before, or it's going to, you know, increase the amount of jobs that I could get yeah. um, you know because when you know for you it's like you when you started out you had like you know and, and I still see this too like like you have uh, I think more dramatic roles on your reel than anything else I do yeah but I think you could play comedy but it's just a matter of getting the right comedy yeah like I finally got um, from a pilot I did recently like not comic but like a lighthearted kind of like, I wasn't necessarily super funny, but just, like, I had that atmosphere of, like, this could be a sitcom. The kind tone. Of. The kind tone of, yeah. was more lighthearted. A lot of mine is, like, very drama. I'm As opposed to being the I'm... victim of a sex crime. Exactly. I think I'm crying in, like, two out of the four scenes in my reel, which is not maybe the best. But, yeah, so I, like, finally got that. I was so excited that I got this. It's literally, like, six seconds long. But that's all you need. Yeah. They're not going to watch it if it's a 30-second long clip. They know within three seconds if they're interested in you and if they want to keep watching. Yeah, I've, I found, too, like, and you used to work in casting as well. Yeah, I interned at Telsey and Company when I was in college. Yeah, so, like, you you, you probably saw a lot of stuff. Uh, so, like, I find the, the thing is, it's like, okay, so I'm casting a comedy or casting a drama, and then you look at stuff, you look at reels, and they're just, um, they don't have what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So, and, it, and I try not to be, I'm not nearly... Because, like, when I look at stuff, I'm not getting the kinds of submissions that these other big shows are. I'm not seeing 1,500, yeah. you know, different uh, reels. But, you know, for a lot of these people, like, they haven't done film. So you're seeing them on, like, stage or something, which mm-hmm. is a completely different animal and very oh, yeah. hard to cast somebody from a theater reel if you want to. It's 100% different. Know. And then I find that um, they, you know, if – and especially I, – I, I, I don't mean to sound sexist or whatever, but especially – women, female actors, there's a lot of crying going mm-hmm. on. 
Uh, and they just that's what we get booked for. Yeah. It's, it's hard to. But if you could, like, if you if you could be, if you had that, but also had comedy, yeah, you know, then you could get more diverse. Well, you definitely stuff. need to show a range. Yeah. in your in your reel, absolutely. Unless you just don't want to ever be in comedy. Some people aren't comics. You know yeah. what I mean? Then don't waste your time. And you know, and I also know a lot of uh, actor friends of mine and reels I've seen is someone has a two like two separate reels. They have a drama reel and they have a comic reel. And I'm they, all about that too. I'm totally about that because if I'm submitting for SVU, you don't need to see me in like a sitcom kind of thing. You're right. gonna waste your time watching that. Or if I'm auditioning for an ABC Family Show or whatever it's called now. It's, there's a new name for it. ABC Freeform. Yeah, oh, Freeform okay. is now ABC yeah. Family is now Freeform. If I'm auditioning for like a Freeform, like the daughter of someone on whatever, they don't need to see me crying on SVU. Right. Because that's not really going to help them. The other um, thing that I've I've found too, and this is probably a whole other podcast, is the audition tapes that you get when you have people do self tapes. Yeah. Uh, I usually have people do self tapes first, if because it's just too expensive to bring people in, and you yeah, know, it's, it's, you don't want to waste people's time. I yeah. love a good. I love self tapes. Do you I'd, feel like you're good at self tapes? Have you gotten like? Have you? Do you feel like you've got kind of gotten the skill down, or? I think I've gotten better at it. Yeah, I have a. Um, an agent in North Carolina where I'm from and so they submit me for things in the southeast um, because I can work as a local down there and I have housing and can you know ease like can commute to Georgia there's so much stuff happening in Atlanta now oh yeah so I self-tape probably more than I go in the room up here I self-tape for stuff in um, sometimes in LA, but a lot of times in What do you like, do Atlanta. to prep for that? Like when you, like how much prep goes into the self tape? Well, see, that was what I was not good at when I first started this is because I wasn't like going into a room, it didn't feel at, like as much like a big audition. Um, and so I think I threw away a lot of auditions early on um, in my career. You didn't put the effort tapes. in. I didn't put the effort in because yeah. I was doing it in my living room and it, I would like have I be half memorized or, and I totally screwed myself over for a lot of great roles early on, um, because you have to treat it exactly like you are walking in, the room of some huge you know casting director in the city, um, so, prepare exactly the same. Be totally off book. Do your hair. Do your makeup. Like look nice, but the biggest complaint I hear of self-tapes is that the lighting's not good and the sound is not good. Yeah. And, like, I have... If I can't hear or see you, yeah, then that's, it's a problem. It. Absolutely. I have a setup in my living room. I have one of these pop-up things I bought on Amazon where it, like, expands, and it's this blue background. Like, okay. It's this pretty blue background that I can pop up and throw away when I need. I got lights on, like, a full lighting set on Amazon. I have, like, a tripod. I have my shit ready to go because... It's all in my little bag, and I'm ready for my self-tapes because... It's your bread and butter. It's like it's, it's what right. you do. But getting them... You can get them filmed professionally in the city, and there are some great places. And when I just, like, don't have a reader or I need to do it last second or have to, for some reason, you know, whatever, it's like, oh, we need this by tomorrow morning. You have 12 hours to get this done. Yeah. Sometimes I just, like, can't get a friend over. My roommate's not home. I don't have anyone to read with me. So there's a lot of great places in the city that you can get it filmed professionally, but that gets really expensive. Yeah, you're spending more money trying to get a job. Right. Than, you know, I, exactly. Uh, when you're paying like $65, 70 per audition just to send in a tape that 
might get watched. Yeah, it's, it's I, the other thing I found too is like, especially with a lot of people, if they're trying to transition from doing theater to, to film, is they just have no idea how to act for a camera. Oh, yeah. And you get these really big, you know, and you're just like, all right, dude, it's comedy, but you know, there's a camera six inches away from your nose. Right. And I'm probably well, doing it now where I'm like going back and forth <laughs> from the screen. That's really annoying when you're like yeah, watching. And you're, and you're just like, this is way too big. If I put this person in a close up, it just looks way too exaggerated. Or they yeah. just don't understand the material well enough or just they don't boil it down to because sometimes things are just pretty simple. It's all about the nuance in yeah. film acting. It's that, you know, you can read all of these like great actors talking about like it's about you know it's just looking and listening and you can say so much by just like slightly raising an eyebrow or you know, all of these different specific a little things. goes a long way a little goes a long way you camera. see so much how like Michael Caine says you need to focus on the eye of your scene partner that's closest to the camera like it's that specific mm -hmm. where if you're looking like a normal person where I'm like going back and forth to your eyes you see my eyes twitching back and forth yep. and you and look, you look crazy you look shifty you look shifty yeah. right it's like that specific I, I find it and also like you know because some people do turn them out right away you can tell they just don't have a command of the material mm -hmm. and they have no idea what they're saying yeah and, and I've definitely submitted auditions like yeah, that yeah and you just you feel like you're just spouting words and the, that's not good no, um, it's it's and it's really hard. You I have, have to, to wrap sell up. Sell them but, uh, in the first like five seconds. Yeah, it, you have no time at all. And yeah. so, like you know, I want to talk a little bit about that. So you know, and and like how to get a good reel is like practice, 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 trial and error, trying yeah. you know, and hopefully finding something. Hopefully, get the footage you need. Yeah, and, and maybe partner with someone who can uh, shoot with you and, and write for you. And, yeah, and, hire this guy. <laughs> and try to find somebody who understands you and understands your voice. Uh, otherwise, you do. You run around, you do a lot of crap. You do a lot of crap. And then, you know, well, it, you, you got to find the, any. like, little golden and nugget. And make sure you, you work with somebody who will give it back to you. Yeah. Because how many, how many times have you had to wait for oh, stuff? Oh, I've had, it's been, like, a year sometimes. And I'm like, can you please, like... I something. did this for free for you. Can you at least give me the footage? Yeah. I mean, uh, every, buy me lunch. Yeah. Every, every time we've ever worked together, I, you I, get it back. I try to, because, I get my shit back from you. <laughs> yeah. Cause I always, I always make sure that, you know, wh whatever, whoever I'm working with, uh, you know, get something, you know, it, it, depending yeah. on money, whatever, but make sure they, they get something out of it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm going to wrap up uh, for people who uh, want to find you, uh, where can they find you on the web? VictoriaOliver.com or my Instagram, Victoria, L-Y-N, Oliver, Victoria Lynn Oliver. All right, so I'm going to wrap up. Thanks so much for coming. It's a great date to have you back. Hopefully we can do more stuff together. Yes! Come back and review some movies and stuff like oh, that. Oh, please. We'll Thanks do more for having stuff. me. And uh, thank you all out there for taking this trip down the rabbit hole once again. Uh, for more of our content, including our movie reviews, you can find them on our website, norestoftheweekendpodcast.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And uh, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash norestoftheweekend. Uh, once again, a uh, quick thank you to Victoria Oliver. Thanks so much for coming. Uh, love working with you. And for Behind the Rabbit Productions, I'm Jason Godby. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.